Does it tell you when China's recording as well? subject matter and have to find the weirdest coolest or funniest story on that subject player's story will be scored by our head judge and the winner will be revealed at the end of the episode i'm chris and joining me today resident horse whisperer chucky yo and resident horse wrestler joe hello i mean i can't be that (laughs) (laughs) and we are joined once again by a very special guest it's jen from what i had heard was podcast jen thanks for joining us thanks for having me Uh, if you can please give us today's subject and how it will be scored please this week's subject is hacking and i'm from cincinnati and here we have cincinnati style chili that we put on hot dogs we'll add onions mustard and some sharp cheddar cheese they're delicious and everyone should have some so I will be rating you on a one to five cheese coney scale. And who's going first? Cheese coney? Why is it called coney? And how is cheese sharp? Oh, Americans only have like four types of cheese. No, we don't. <laughs> mild, cheese. mild, sharp cheddar and tinned. <laughs> spray as well. Spray on. I've got literally some spray cheese up there. He oh. does have spray cheese. <laughs> we oh. sent it over at Christmas. Yep. yep. What a I've, gift. I've not dared open it. We'll do it on the next get together one. Yeah. Uh, we could just huff cheese. Yeah. And <laughs> Finally. And who's going first? Joe is going first. Oh. <clears throat> <laughs> When you imagine hackers, you probably think of a solo rebel hunched over his keyboard late into the night, breaking into steel government details, or angry hacktivists bringing social injustices to light. Or, if you're me, cool, sexy teens on rollerblades, smashing laptop keyboards to interrupt the nefarious schemes of that bloke out of short circuit. But what if I were to tell you the original hackers were bearded gentlemen, and women possibly, who, using nothing more than the prize from a box of cereal, were able to take over entire phone networks for no other reason other than to see if they could and to place long-distance phone calls for free. Phone freaking, with a PH, rose from its humble roots in the 1950s with its simple smash the receiver up and down as quickly as possible and access the exchange board method to the complex multi-tonal blue boxes of the early 1970s. Freakers would use subterfuge, curiosity, and various other methods in an ongoing war with phone companies and their ridiculous escalating prices. But who I'm really here to talk about is John Thomas Draper, or as you probably don't know him, Captain Crunch. After his formative years tinkering with electronics and working as an engineering technician, he met a young man named Danny Teresi, who, along with several others, introduced the young captain to phone freaking and asked him to make a machine capable of making multiple tones as, through trial and error, they had learned they could use these to control phone switchboards and route calls anywhere they needed them to go. Previously, they had used cassettes and an electronic keyboard, but these had been met with limited success. And so John set about making what would become known as the Blue Box. But during this process, he discovered that a toy whistle contained in a box of Captain Crunch cereal would produce a tone of 2,600 hertz, which is somewhere about the fourth E above middle C. This would open up long distance trunk lines, leaving him free to place calls and host like early precursors to chat rooms, like the ones you used to get on late night television. This brought him to the attention of a certain Steve Wozniak, who is on the attack, and Steve Big Jobs, 
1977, John was brought on board and developed what was later known as the Charlie board, which was basically an early precursor to the touch-tone phones that we all know and remember. But apparently Big Jobs and Captain didn't see eye to eye and they sort of stole his idea and ripped him off. But the net was closing in on our John and eventually he served two separate prison sentences for phone fraud, toll fraud and the delightful malicious mischief. Which is like an adorable crime to be convicted of, isn't it? <laughs> After this, John seemingly went straight, writing the Easy Writer program for the Apple II, and continues to live a strange nomadic lifestyle, moving from town to town, stealing your cereal and fiddling with your phones, allegedly. I give you four cheese conies. That's a lot of cheese conies. It is. You think that's like two people's worth of cheese conies, or one hungry person and then one... Not hungry person. <laughs> Just one person sitting there watching someone else eat cheese. Um, well, no. What was the crime he got convicted for? Malicious? Mischief. Uh, malicious mischief. Oh, that is a proper ragamuffin kind of it like, is, crime, isn't it? It feels like one of those ones they brought back from like the 1900s. Yeah. <laughs> Just like... Scallion uh, hijinks. Yeah, like... Uh, Prolonged hooliganism, yeah. Uh, but yeah, a genuinely interesting man. Um, I mean, the whole phone freaking thing is uh, a, a really interesting thing that these people did it just because they could, just because it was yeah. to push the boundaries of, of what was acceptable. Tinkering, um, isn't it, to see what they can do. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's, it's, I don't believe, I mean, like, apparently the reason it originally started was because uh, long-distance lines became prohibitively expensive, and due to the way that American cities were laid out, you could phone someone across the street, and it would be counted as long distance. Christ. Yeah. I love so you say he was like calling like premium lines like Babe Station or something. And they're like, what are you up to, babe? And it's just fervent sounds of tin whistles being played <laughs> on the other end. Oh <laughs> man, uh, 2600 uh, 20, hertz is is a high note. It's a it's a piercing note. Um yeah. I, I haven't got it to hand, but it, it's not a fun thing. But the fact that he that's how he got his nickname and these these things now are like the stuff of legend if you have one of these original Captain Crunch bosun whistles they're called. I remember this being mentioned I mean, was it was it in the book Ready Player One, I think he, he, he is mentioned in that as well because that he is the first I heard of it. Yeah, he is something that. of a legend, and he's referenced a lot in, in um, sci-fi and things like that because of, of, of what he did, and um, he did other stuff as well. Like he went on and wrote uh, a load of programs that, that we, you know, the first word processing. I mean, um, well, Easy Writer was the first word processing program available. Like he was a very very smart man, and again, it's, I just like that thing of I don't believe it was malicious mischief. I believe it was him just yeah, just if See this what he could do. if this. I mean, there is there is this. It's an early form of uh, white cap hackers, isn't it? It's showing you the flaws in your system. Well, have you heard of Joy Bubbles? Joy Bubbles was a friend of his. Yes. Um, yeah, the the blind guy who like, could who originally known as Whistler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. He could whistle that that tone to to get into the systems. When I first heard about that, like what hacking into systems by whistling? I thought no, that's got to be bullshit. Because like, what comes to mind is like you know when you dial into the internet way back when. It's like he can't make that sound. But yeah, hearing about this is just nuts. I had to think he was sat in the corner of like the hacker's room with like them sort of uh, in, like Star Trek glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to freak. I bet Beatbox Jones from uh, Police Academy could hack into the internet like that. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, what's that guy called again? Uh, he's not called Beatbox Jones. I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> Michael Winslow. I Michael think. Winslow, Winslow, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's uh, nuts. But 
I, I, I just really like the thing. And like they would hold these um, like online, well, not online, well, technically online chat rooms. That was those, you know, like the, the late the night. Yes, systems, was it? Yeah, well, it was, you'd phone in. Uh, like the things you used to get on late on night, like priest chat and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the time that you need it, yeah. Yeah, and it would be just them sat in a room talking to each other. And it created this early network of people and they'd share tips and this is what you do, but they'd go through like the bins outside phone companies to find information. And it's, it's this, just, this, this, just, again, just to show that your system is weak. And I mean, it's cool though, isn't it? Like that sharing philosophy yeah. rather than, Oh, I figured this out and I'm not going to tell anybody. It's more just everybody building each other up to sort of gain more information. That was so the, cool. I mean, um, Steve Wozniak and, and um, Steve, he's on the attack and big jobs. Um, <laughs> their early money came from selling blue boxes. That's from it. Selling, going door to door, weren't they? Yeah. From selling, we can, we can make you, we can help you place long distance phone calls. Just buy this off us for $20 uh, and press these four buttons and then you can make a phone call to wherever you want free. And that, I mean, that's that. That was that was John's creation. It, it, it's just it's just a, a fascinating thing that it was done with. I believe done without malicious intent. It was done just because they could, and you don't get a lot of that nowadays. But I think it's kind of nice that Steve Jobs came along and then added that malicious intent later to sort of say, "Oh, you can buy this box and then you don't have to pay money." Oh wow! I think they were also the first people to make uh, like auto dials as well. Uh, yes, Steve he... Jobs. Yes, um, I think Captain Crunch invented. Uh, another board where you could dial into companies premium phone lines and route them to your own phone and, and siphon the money off that way which Amazing. is a bit rock it's, it's a bit like robin hoodie i i, I think <laughs> it is criminal but also you know fuck it malicious <laughs> malicious uh, mischief ah, that's it i'd want that on my gravestone yeah <laughs> <laughs> remembered malicious for that's it, a menace <laughs> And who's going next, please? Chucky. All right. Hacking is a term, like many, that has deviated from its original meaning into one that has become malicious in nature. It's likely that when you think of hacking, you imagine someone in a darkened room wearing a Guy Fawkes mask remarking to themselves about how they're in. In reality, hacking actually is a term that was coined in the late 60s when MIT students would create hacks to replace slow and clunky software that ran on the shared computers they had limited time to access. At its core, hacking is about exploiting a characteristic of a system in such a way to achieve an otherwise unexpected result. I'll stick to the subjectively cooler meaning though, even though personally, my left nipple hardens slightly thinking about those greasy MIT students shaving off CPU cycles from non-performant code. So cool. Anywho, I think hacking, as it's perceived today, could be split into a couple of groups of activities, with the more exciting movie-style hacking involving things like cracking complex security protocols or exploiting buffer overflows to achieve arbitrary code execution on an otherwise locked platform. But actually, probably the most prolific form of hacking is that of the distributed denial of service attack, DDoS for short. If you're unfamiliar with what a denial of service attack is, it's quite simple. It's an attack whereby service is denied. I'm glad I was able to clear that up. Seriously though, if you imagine an online bank for example, every time when somebody tries to log into their account, a server somewhere is having to determine whether the details provided were correct, as well as then going to fetch the account information from probably another server in the bank's network, and then that's going to have to touch some kind of mainframe, blah blah blah, you get the idea. For just one person making one request, a whole heap of stuff happens. Now imagine if 500,000 users all attempted to log in at the exact same time. All of a sudden, each machine in the bank's network is busy. And you've guessed it, any genuine user attempting to log in is denied service. To quote Futurama, like putting too much air into a balloon, but then something bad happens. 
The interesting part of this rather simple attack is that it's near impossible to determine whether or not someone making a request is legitimate or not, making it incredibly difficult to prevent. Hell, Lulzsec, a hacking group that had quite a penchant for DDoS attacks, took down the CIA website using such an attack. But how do you perform a DDoS attack? I've got a decent internet connection, but I think 500,000 concurrent requests is never going to be viable. So how do I take down the CIA website? Well, if you don't have a botnet at your disposal, there is another form of DOS attack you can perform, even with a shitty internet connection. There's a form of attack known as the slow loris attack that turns the concept of a DDoS upside down. It turns out that from a single machine, you can open thousands of connections to a website and simply request data at an incredibly slow rate. The effect this has on the website is that as you open more and more connections, spending an infinite amount of time to issue a request for data, other legitimate connections get put in a queue, waiting for yours to finish, denying legitimate users service. This kind of attack was used during the 2009 Iranian presidential election, when hackers wanted to DDoS to government sites, but didn't want to prevent protesters from having internet access. And that to me just makes it such an interesting and elegant hack, in the sense that a single machine with minimal bandwidth could bring a collective of machines down in an almost undetectable way. War. Beautiful. I say you're only going to get two cheese conies, though. Wow. Oh, that's the lowest score. Could have gone for three <laughs> at least. Come on. Maybe two and a half. Come on, please. Just Gentlemen. Cheese, man. That's right. <laughs> but cheese has been denied. <laughs> no cheese. Gentlemen, entertain me. Chucky's career is programmer, if anyone wasn't sure. I prefer the term software engineer. <laughs> I push buttons and make the screen change colours. I prefer nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I've only got some tape around my, my glasses. Strong-lipped nerd. <laughs> well, yeah. I, so I, I, it, I genuinely had a moment where you were like, this is how you perform a DDoS attack. And I was like, don't, <laughs> don't tell people. <laughs> I specifically I... left out the part of how do you actually get a botnet. Um, but yeah. Are the CIA listening to this right now? I, I love you, CIA. Never done anything wrong. International waters, mate. Yeah, they get way bigger. Monkey knife fight going on outside. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, well, no, yeah, I think... Um, with with a lot of the hacking, everybody talks about the whole sort of breaking into systems and stuff like this. But the reality is, that's really fucking tough, right? Like, to find something to help you get into, like, a place, that's quite tough. Like, obviously, people do it and it happens, but why not just get a couple thousand machines just knocking on the door every, like, half a millisecond? You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's done wonders right now in, um, in Russia, hasn't it? Yes. Um, I that in Russia, someone had hacked into the electric car charging ports and wrote something like Putin is a uh, dick or something. <laughs> it comes up <laughs> really mild mannered. <laughs> Putin is not a nice man. Oh, Putin. It's the Canadians. <laughs> Putin, calm down, eh? <laughs> Putin. Hey, there we go. Putin, not Putin. Canada, you're welcome. Get it chanted in the streets. Oh, no, I, I Canada's think, uh, got his own fucking problems at the moment, mate. Uh, yeah, I think it's Anonymous who have been doing the most sort of stuff. They've even hacked into Roscosmos, the, like the space agency in Russia, to take over their spy satellite so that they can't take photograph like um, images really? of... Yeah, yeah, Ukraine, yeah. That's, That's right. That's uh, fucking Mel. As well as hacking into the Russian state-owned TV um, stations as well and playing Ukrainian music and actually broadcasting the real news. <laughs> Which to me is just kind of like, why is it some fucking like, hacking why collective doing this? Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. You know, they're doing like some really fucking great work. But um, 
yeah, kind of scared of Anonymous as well. Oh, I I thought, Facebook, I there was them, a story yeah. about Anonymous had done blah de blah, and someone in the Facebook se- uh, the comments section was genuinely asking with a smiley face, "This is great. How do I join Anonymous?" Would love to know. Because <laughs> if you're asking on Facebook, you don't have the required skills <laughs> no, to no, be no, in Anonymous. No. <laughs> if you're I a cop, once... you've got to tell me you're a cop. <laughs> <laughs> I once did a cheat on Sonic One. There's several very good. Podcasts. The guy who, what was it? It was like uh, Fisher Price or something required you to register for this thing, and their their um, security was, he said, laughable. So he got in and he found all these names and addresses and oh, phone no. numbers and stuff. And he just said to him, look, here it is. I've got this information. I'm not going to do anything with it, but you need to sort this out. And they called the police on him. And he was like, I wasn't going to do now. I just want them to, to, like, to sort that it happens out. Far so too in case often, someone worse it? than him does that. And He said it's there, so I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm a good, I'm just showing you that your system is weak. Uh, some, some guy did that with Starbucks. You could get like gift cards. But he found out if you registered a gift card at the exact same time, multiple times, you'd get like an inflated balance. But then when you took the money out, you were still left with like the change, something like this. I can't remember the exact details. Got in contact with Starbucks. Like, you're fucking stealing money off us. He's like, whoa, no, sunshine. I'm just showing you you've got a problem. I'm showing you that your system is flawed. You need to fix it before someone less scrupulous than me comes along and actually rinses you for money. And there there they've got those two options. Fix it or sue this guy. Yeah. And bring attention to it as well. Yeah, that's it, isn't yeah. it? Several years, several years ago, the FBI was talking about how they couldn't find um, hackers to work for them because they couldn't find anybody that would pass drug tests. Yeah. <laughs> so when you know when Biden said we'll take you down with our you know hacking or whatever it is, I was like, shit. I hope you guys went out and hired all those people that you're like. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Imagine a lot of straight edge hackers. Uh, (laughs) isn't that like the heaven's gate call wasn't that what that was and look how that ended yeah bunch of star wars nerds killing themselves to get on a comet (laughs) that took a turn can we move on yes uh just me left i believe yes I'm going to speak as a layman here and say that as far as most of us are concerned, computer systems, no matter how fancy or sophisticated, all boil down to running on what we know as binary code, a series of digital on and offs in the form of strings of ones and zeros. I'm aware that I am maybe oversimplifying things here, but for the sake of moving the story along, let's stick with a simple version. But why is this binary important? Well, we'll come that we'll come back to that a little bit further in the story. In 2013, a cosmic ray from outer space helped a gamer doing a Super Mario 64 speedrun. Yes, you did hear that sentence correctly. While trying to complete the game as fast as possible, the gamer encountered a glitch allowing him to walk through a ceiling which saved him a few seconds of time. A glitch which was thought to be completely impossible and that no one could replicate. Experts replayed the exact inputs of the gamer frame by frame but still no one was able to get the same glitch to happen. So how did it happen? As the gamer jumped the plucky plump plumber Mario up into the air, an ionising particle from outer space collided with the electronics of the computer in just the right way, changing a certain zero to a certain one, allowing the glitch to happen in an extremely rare and unlikely turn of events. Cosmic particles that enter the Earth's atmosphere collide with atoms, leading to a rain of protons and neutrons that can affect electronic devices, changing ones to zeros and vice versa, in what is known as bit flipping. But the vast majority of the time, thankfully, the effects of these bit flippings are barely noticeable, unimportant, inconsequential, except for in cases where it goes on to kill people, of course. In 2007, in Oklahoma, a woman was killed and another seriously injured when the source code of an electronic throttle of a Toyota Camry was struck by bit flipping. 
thing, causing the car to go into full throttle and not stop, making the car speed out of control before crashing fatally. After a few years of investigation, it was found that the cause was those same extraterrestrial particles hitting electronics, combined with there not being enough fail-safes in place to stop it happening, leading to Toyota recalling cars of a similar model and installing brake overrides. Another noticeable but non-lethal case of bit flipping happened to a voting machine during a Belgian election. Officials were confused when one candidate got 4096, which is 2 to the power of 12, more votes in one count than in a second count from the same machine. The thing is, as computers become more and more sophisticated, the likelihood of alien rays affecting them in strange ways is actually increasing. Cosmic bit flipping is becoming more common because processors have become smaller and more energy efficient. The less energy it takes for a program to set a bit intentionally, the less energy it takes for radiation to set a bit accidentally. I do wonder how long it is until, I'm sorry I'm late for work, my alarm didn't go off because of space particles, becomes a very valid excuse. Beautiful. And I'm going to give you five cheese conies. Yes, all the so cheese. So that you, you can share it with Chucky too, because he might still be a little bit hungry. <laughs> oh. Gentlemen, entertain me. Well, that's yeah. terrifying. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> the world's not safe anymore. I'm going back to like slate and chalk, and yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's She's great. just driving along. She's going, oh, it's a lovely sunny day. Next minute, death tornado. Yeah. So I, I, I feel harsh saying this, but... Yeah, I, well, I, here's Mr. Programmer. Uh, no, sorry, well, sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I followed the Mario 64 speedrunning a bit more than I should, considering I don't even play the game. But like, they, they even have like arguments over what constitutes an A press. Like, There's a die-hard argument that pushing the A button down is only half a press. Like, and that makes sense to some people. But anyway, um, apparently that glitch could also be um, the one way he walked. It was TikTok clock, I believe. Yeah. He walked up through the ceiling. It was because um, the guy said, well, my N64 is a little strange, so I have to kind of put the cartridge in a couple of times. And so when you slot the cartridge in, if it's perfectly straight, all the contacts like make perfect connection. But if it's slightly tilted, then you can get a bridge over the data line, which can cause some stuff like that. So they're thinking it could be that rather than the cosmic uh, particles. But... Oh, deduct but, points! This is false! No, 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 because... Oh, no, 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 because to corroborate it, there is, um, uh, so like when you go to a website and you type like google.com and hit return, what's happening is your computer's going far away to a DNS server to see, well, google.com, what IP address is that? And some guy decided, he figured, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to register a whole bunch of domain names that are just a single bit off. And so I think he did Amazon, for example. And so he changed, um, I can't, I can't figure what the ASCII would be, but he changed one character. And what he found was over the course of like six months, he got hundreds of hits. That made absolutely no sense. It was it wasn't just like somebody's mistyped it and hit return. It was like literally like you know when you click checkout, they will get into a different URL which was hitting his server. So this shit does happen. I had no idea it had to do because of the, um, like you said, the lower power sort of movement. And so, yeah, it makes perfect sense that, like, the less power you need to set a one, the more, like, sort of... Um, Photon radiation. Yeah, yeah. Gonna... yeah. Does that mean that, that you have to now give one of your cheese conies to Chucky? I don't. I've already fight. eaten them all. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting them back now. He's eaten them all, and whatever he hasn't eaten is in his trouser pockets. Just <laughs> keeping it warm for I mean, like the fact that there's arguments about a speed run of Mario 64 makes me weep, makes me welcome the atomic bomb. 
oh, I'm telling you, man, A button presses. Like people are like, oh, we've got it down to one A button press, and someone's like, oh, I've done half. It's like, no, no, that that makes no sense. You can't tell me you've got it down to half, but it's still impressive. Or, or like the A buttons jump right, and so somebody's been able to get 120 stars, I believe, in Mario 64 with one half a button press i i literally couldn't care less that seems like a waste of talent <laughs> well wait to justify my hundreds of hours watching people play mario 64 I, if it brings you joy mate i have no problem with it i just feel that they could use their talents better like, oh, but don't, don't you make a lot of money beating if video you stream games it, i think if you do like sort of twitch streams of speed ones and you get a lot of people viewing you you probably make money that way yeah but then yeah. you make just as much money getting your, your tits out so uh, well, you're not allowed to do that on Twitch anymore, mate. Yeah, it's all. Some... I, I I foolishly scrolled down the other day on Twitch, and it's all women licking um microphones, micro- microphones that are shaped like ears. Oh, ears, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like uh, ASMR. That's it's disgusting sound anyway, but it's like wet mouth noise, mate. Uh, the yeah. HD sound of just. Because I think I think Aww. they banned um, sitting in a sitting in a paddling pool, didn't they? Yeah. About fucking time, Jesus. Um, I don't know. Like you know, the internet's full of porn, lads. Like and lasses. Well, <laughs> you, you know, so <laughs> yeah, so, just 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 Google. When, when did this happen? <laughs> but Twitch had a date. Uh, right? Day two of the internet, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> ASCII like boobs. <laughs> that was enough at the time. No, I think like Twitch had a data leak, and it turned out that um, even though there's like mad simping going on on twitch the people who make the most money are still all lads oh so. yeah and the streamers and i think it was critical role was number one wasn't it oh no idea i thought I think critical role was number dungeons one and Daddy, uh, dungeons and dragons um yeah uh, which is fine because you know it's, it's a big big thing and stuff but yeah the, um it's it's i mean they're making enough to get by on obviously enough to get by unless they wouldn't keep doing it but if i could get paid money just to sit in, in my pajamas and play games i'd bite your hand yeah up. but you've got to offer stuff mate like i said we do i do twitch streams occasionally and it's fun but it's never going to be a thing yeah because no. doing it like 16 hours a day a lot of them yeah. there's one guy who runs um mario odyssey and i think he just plays like 20 hours a day goes to sleep for a couple of hours and comes right back on and it's just like geez that's like a monkey paw wish isn't it oh i want to play yeah. video games for money <laughs> well here you go <laughs> yeah <laughs> hope you enjoy yeah and it's it's fine like i said I've, I've grown to appreciate twitch now because it i can watch people play games that i'm thinking of buying and then go mm, that's not for me have you, have you noticed that you watch people play video games, even video games that you own, just because, like, you're getting to see them go through all the punishment, and, like, then you get to reap the rewards of when they, like, complete a level. I find myself watching Mario Maker. I don't know why. Yeah, it's a, it's the nice thing of what... Yeah, it, it, it's, if you can get... If the, I think it's, you have to have a bit of a personality about you. That's the main yeah, thing, yeah. isn't it? We're getting off topic here, anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. um, Let's wrap this up. Jen, thanks very much for joining us and for judging our last three episodes. Uh, make sure you check out Jen's podcast, which is What I Had Heard Was, and and you can also follow us on Twitter at WeirdThingPod. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next episode. Weird thing about that. Yeah, I've eaten a toast sandwich, because that's just three slices of bread, you fucking idiot.